Chapter 18 of The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls by Laura Lee Hope. Chapter 18. Peril. For a moment, Grace's companions were struck dumb by the surprise and horror of the thing. Then they rushed forward, jostling each other, crying Grace's name wildly. But before Molly, who was ahead, could reach the spot where Grace had disappeared, another figure rushed past them, an apparition of flying yellow pigtail and swishing skirts. In sheer surprise, the others paused. In that moment of hesitation, the stranger reached the treacherous ledge of rock and stood poised on it easily, as sure-footed as a deer, and peered over. Then she ran swiftly and lowered herself near the side of the rock where the descent was not so sheer. Recovering, the outdoor girls followed. At least they followed to the spot where the strange girl had disappeared. Here they were halted by an imperious command from this person herself. Don't risk your necks, she cried. I know this place. I'll get her. It was then that the girls saw Grace. With a great heartthrob of thankfulness, they realized she had not gone tumbling down onto the swirling river below, but had been caught in a two-pronged rock formation a few feet above the surface of the water. She looked at her companions beseechingly. They could see that her refuge was uncomfortable, probably dangerous, and that the rush and swirl of the water below made her faint and dizzy. She seemed to their frightened eyes to be already slipping. What if she could not hold on to the slippery ledge of rock? To be swept into the river at that point meant almost certain destruction. With this terrible thought in mind, Molly forgot herself. Grace must be saved at all costs. She was about to lower herself over the edge when Amy caught her by the sleeve. That other girl's got her, Molly. Look, if you go down now, you will only be in the way. Molly saw that this was the truth. She drew back and watched the strange girl with amazed and admiring attention. This stranger was possessed of great strength. She reached out a round brown arm and caught Grace firmly about the waist. Raise yourself. Careful, the girls heard her say. Feel for a footing on this rock. That's right. Don't be afraid. I ain't going to let you slip. There. Do you feel it? Good. Now easy. Just feel your way. Don't get scared. There you are. The four outdoor girls on the rocks above watched, fascinated, holding on to each other in their fierce anxiety. A terrible climb with the rocks damp and slippery from the spray of the foaming river, only now and then a sapling or a tough bit of root to cling to for support. If they should slip, muttered Stella until Molly could stand it no longer and put a hand over her lips. Oh, don't, she begged. I can't bear it. They can't slip. They mustn't slip. Oh, look there. They're going, came the sharp cry from Amy, and on top of it, one from Irene. No, they aren't. That girl is hanging on. How strong she is. See, the worst of it is over. As Grace and the strange girl who had so mysteriously come to her rescue neared the top of the ascent, 
Eager hands were stretched out to help them to safety. The other outdoor girls clustered above Grace, half laughing and half crying, patting her all over to make sure no bones were broken. The strange girl, temporarily forgotten, started towards the woods and had almost disappeared when Molly discovered her. Oh, come here, please, she called impulsively. You weren't going away without letting us thank you, were you? The girl paused uncertainly while a rich color flooded her skin and spread to the roots of her hair. Now that the danger was over, she seemed suddenly and painfully shy. I don't want thanks just for doing my duty, she said simply. Well, I intend to thank you whether you like it or not. Grace had recovered from the shock somewhat and now came forward, albeit a bit stiffly, with outstretched hands. It isn't every day one has her life saved, you know and you've got to humor me long enough to let me say I'm grateful to you. You must be very strong. The girl regarded her bare, sunburned arms questioningly, as though it had occurred to her for the first time that they might be worth something. Maybe I am, having lived most of my life in the open, she answered indifferently. Anyway, I never thought much about it. You don't mind if we ask your name, do you? Amy asked a little shyly. This great bronze girl rather overawed her. The latter looked at Amy curiously, as though she wondered that anyone should take such sufficient interest in her to want to know her name, but she gave it readily enough. My name's Robina Robinson. I live over yonder, with a vague gesture into the woods. Hark, what's that? She started back. The girls listening heard the noise that had startled her the deep bang of a large dog, and the yapping of a smaller animal, probably a fox terrier. Instinctively, the girls moved closer together. There was something reminiscent of their adventure of last night in that deep bang. In a moment, they saw a great creature leaping toward them, through the trees with a small dog, like an insignificant shadow, running at his heels. As the great beast, fangs bared in a terrifying snarl, sprang toward them, the girls cried out and looked wildly about for sticks and stones with which to ward off the assailants. Molly had found a bit of stout sapling and Grace had armed herself with a rock when the sound of Rabina's voice, fearless and fierce, ordering the dogs back, caused them to look toward her wonderingly. The girl had picked up a long stick, and with this she threatened the big dog and his yapping companion. Get back there, you. Get back there, you big brute, before I bring this stick down on your ugly head. She looked so splendid standing there, arm upraised in threat, head thrown back, eyes blazing with anger, that the outdoor girls paused to admire her despite their apprehension. It was a thrilling struggle that between the girl and the big dog, a struggle of wills. The brute was in an ugly mood, and a police dog when roused is not easily daunted. Nevertheless, as the girl advanced afoot, he gave ground, slowly, head hanging, teeth bared, but he gave ground. With a final flourish of the stick and a stern command, Robina made her victory complete. The big dog bared his teeth, rumbled threateningly deep down in his throat, and then turned and trotted off into the woods, the small dog at his heels. Why, you were wonderful. This from Amy on a sincere note of admiration. I never could have done a thing like that. How did you manage it? 
Rubina flung down her stick and shrugged her shoulders indifferently. Can't you stay with us a little while? Irene interposed hastily. She, like all the outdoor girls, had taken a liking to this handsome country maid who took her really magnificent exploits so easily and indifferently. We are going back to the old stone house. Won't you walk with us away? The old stone house, the girl repeated quickly. She stared at them with the first hint of curiosity she had shown. You're staying there? Irene nodded while the other outdoor girls watched with curiosity the effect of this statement on a native of the place. But if they expected any display of emotion on Rubina's part, they were destined to disappointment. After that one query of surprise, the old stolid expression of the girl's face returned, spread over it like a sudden pulling down of the shades of a lighted house. Can't you walk with us a little way? Molly repeated Irene's question. The girl shook her head and turned away. I have work to do, she said shortly. I have been away too long already. Without a word of farewell, she walked off, head thrown back as when she had faced the dogs, hands swinging sturdily by her side. What a splendid girl, Molly cried, looking after her. She must be every bit of five foot ten, and so strong. Disagreeable, too, you might add while you're about it said Grace, a bit nettled by the strange girl's manner. Did you see the way she acted when I tried to thank her for saving my life? And she didn't even ask us our names. I don't think she means to be disagreeable, returned Molly slowly as they turned to walk on toward the house. She acts to me like a person who has spent a great deal of time by herself and has forgotten how to be sociable, if she ever knew. But no matter what we may think of Robina, she added, with a thankful glance at Grace, the fact remains that we owe her a great, big, big debt of gratitude. Whatever you do from this time on, beware of a slippery rock, Grace dear. Oh dear, those dogs made me think of poor Hesper, sighed Irene. Must have been because they were so unlike him then, giggled Stella. When the girl came near the house, Amy held back a troubled look in her eyes. I wish we didn't have to go in, she sighed. The very look of the place fills me with dread. End of chapter 18 Read by P.J. Travis